and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 301. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we have Kevin Rakestraw. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing okay. Nice. This week on the show, we'll be discussing Nicole Hollifsoner's latest, The Land of Steady Habits, along with someone watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Let's just jump into our review we're talking about the land of steady habits first up mm-hmm. last so I, I decided to give this a look last night it's on netflix and i pull up netflix on my tv i go to the new releases and i, I scroll through for like mm-hmm. at least a minute maybe two minutes and i'm not seeing it anywhere and then i'm mm-hmm. like okay let's see what if it's in trending nope it's not in trending then I'm like, okay, well, I got to search for it. I pull up the search box and I'm like, what the fuck is the name of this movie? So I have to refer to our, our conversation when we were deciding to, to review this to, to find the name of this movie and search for it. And then earlier today when I was preparing notes and things for the show, I again had to refer to the text message conversation that has the name of this movie because i once again forgot the name of the movie so that should just give you a a a clue as to how i felt about this movie before getting into it further i do have a synopsis here feeling trapped in the stifling, wealthy enclave of Westport, Connecticut, Anders Hill, played by Ben Mendelsohn, retires from his job in finance and leaves his wife, played by Edie Falco, in the hopes that it will renew his lust for life. However, he's quickly faced with the startling reality of his choices. He spends his days looking for things to decorate his empty shelves, sleeping with strangers and feeling terribly lost. All right. What do you think about The Land of Steady Habits? Man, this movie is, this is like flat, like incredibly flat and bland and just, they're just outright boring, really. And I don't really know what the aim of this film is. Like, I don't, I don't understand its purpose. Rich people have problems too. Kevin. That's what I, that <laughs> rich white like, people have problems too, but their problems aren't really. I, it feels weird to me because it it seemed like I was supposed to take this very seriously, but at the same time, it do, it didn't feel like it was presented like it was that serious as a situation. Like a lot of these problems that they're having, like you have one kid that's actually having like. Really, like, really having issues, really has like a legit problem, mm-hmm. and that's at times kind of played for laughs, like in the way that Ben Mendelsohn handles it. And it's just kind of like, oh, you know, drugs, and then like the moralizing of this movie is just really messy to me, and it's yeah. just it's really insufferable with them being like ridiculously wealthy. And it being Connecticut, which is just like the worst kind of wealth. I don't I don't know what it is. Just that that New England wealth bothers me. I find it really annoying and insufferable. I don't know. I think 
I, I agree. I do find it annoying. I don't, I, I might have a bigger problem with LA wealth. I don't know. Just wealth in general, I guess. Yeah. I just, I'm gener- I gen- generally bothered by it. It's just there's something about like these, it's the, the, like the storefronts and that there's a store where you're buying this like whatever the fucking lobster trap, decorative lobster trap to put it, you know, that there's stores that exist like that. Because you know that lobster trap was probably like $195 or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, probably. I don't know if that was meant to be played for laughs. What's I'm not that? sure. J- the, just that, that in and of itself. Like yeah. the idea, the idea of him going to these little boutique shops and just buying these knickknacks in hopes to fulfill some sort of void that's in his life. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if that's supposed to be funny or, or what I, I also, I, I had a problem with the tone of this movie as well. Like I, there were parts that seemed very deliberately played for comedic intent, but I just wasn't sure how it was supposed to feel many during many sequences. Yeah. It's just, it's all over the place. I agree with you. This was very dull, bland, middle of the road Netflix stuff. I I had a suspicion it was going to be like that going into it just because it was on Netflix and just because it had that title and I checked out the trailer but I thought, you know, I I liked this director's some of this director's earlier. I've only seen two other of her movies one of which I liked and one of which actually, you know what? I liked both of the ones I saw. I saw enough sad and please give. And I remember liking both of those, but this one feels maybe, maybe like a little bit of a step back for her. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if a lot of this comes down to, cause I remember maybe about halfway through this film kind of thinking like kind of being surprised and you know partially perplexed as to being you know thinking to myself this was directed by a woman like it doesn't it seems kind of like it's positioning these women as just like standing in his way and standing in the 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 lives of these men just getting in their way and nagging and just you know and then to find out that it's based on a on a novel by a male writer, so I don't know if like a lot of this comes stems from the novel. What that's where all my issues lie. Maybe just the source material to begin with, but you know, there's not much done with it, cinematically yeah. speaking. That just makes me interested at all. And it, hell, no, I'd like as part. Of, like reading the novel or even looking up the novel, I have no interest whatsoever. Just yeah. The, no. the, uh, the, I think the problem is I didn't feel very sympathetic towards Ben Mendelsohn because I didn't really know. I mean, obviously this is a guy going through some sort of midlife crisis, leaves his wife and, and son 
and he's trying to put the pieces of his life back together, I guess. And I, I guess he shows some sort of regret for leaving his family, but I, I don't, I don't see much of a, an arc there. I mean, we, we it, it, there's like a perceived arc that happens, especially like at the end when they wrap everything up. But I also don't really know why he's doing any of this to begin with. Yeah. And that, that, that kind of, that left a bad taste in my mouth too, with the, what happens between him and Connie Britton's character. And then they kind of have that montage at the end where, you, you know, you get to see where everyone is now and to, to see them like back with each other. Just, yeah. It's like, what the foot? What? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that there's, yeah, I'm pretty sure she would have seen that as a red flag that that moment. God, earlier, I hope so. earlier earlier in the film when he's just like sort of sort of a d bag to her. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of red flags, but I, and it was just such a cliched thing to, to end a movie, you know, way in which to end a movie is this little montage of oh, here's where everyone is now. It's just like, we're still doing that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, unfortunately. It's just getting, I guess, just getting a paycheck. You got to get that money. Everyone's got to make money, you know. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a steady habit. Land of steady habits. The only thing that I found interesting in Hull was the kid, the PCP kid, in his, in his graphic novel. Like, I want to read his graphic novel. Yeah, that was actually that actually seemed like a really good idea. Yeah, and I loved his artwork to it too. But then that just kind of just stops abruptly without really making too much sense. Cuz everyone's mm-hmm. doing the PCP with him, but for some reason he's the one that's having to like is he smoking different PCP than everyone else cuz everyone else seems to be fine and able to do things. And I it guess, seems to just like destroy his body. I guess he smoked a lot more of it. Maybe. Yes. That character's played by Charlie Tahan. I I like I like his stuff. He was in Super Dark Times, which I really liked him in. He's actually in the show Gotham. He plays Scarecrow. Okay. In Gotham. Oh, that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really good in that too. Cause he, it's weird. Cause he seems like super familiar, but I don't know what I saw him in or where I would know him. Oh, okay, Ozark. Gotcha. Oh yeah, yeah, he's an Ozark. That's who he is. Yeah, I really like him. I I hope he continues to grow his his career. I mean, he was he was in a lot of really solid movies. He was in Blue Jasmine, Love Is Strange. Apparently, he was in I Am Legend. I don't, I, maybe he was. I don't remember him in that. He must have been really young in that. This is also it's just like they waste Edie Falco. I mean, she's completely wasted in this movie. Yeah, Connie Connie Britton. Like, I mean, hell, she's on IMDb. She's third, and like she's barely in this fucking movie. Like, I thought she played. She was going to play a bigger role. She shows up for a little bit and then she's gone. Yeah, she's in like 
four scenes, maybe. Yeah. And then like, even to a certain extent, Elizabeth Marvel, I mean, she gets a little bit more. But she seems wasted, too. They're just stuck with Ben Mendelsohn doing fuck all. Except <laughs> going to fucking dinky shops, buying dumb shit, and not being able to fuck people. Like, wow. Interesting, I guess. Yeah, Mendelssohn was good in this, though. I thought, I thought that he was... It was, it was good casting for that character with, with him. I thought that he really did a good job in it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, the act is not bad, but it's just, it's like a nothing of a character. There's really nothing to this guy. I did like that scene when the, when his friend played by Josh pies, when he took him to the train station and had him watch the, the commuters coming back from the city. Yeah. I thought that was a good scene. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I <laughs> don't, don't have a lot more to, nah. uh, more to say just, about this movie, really. Nah, it's, I'm going to forget this fucker by the end of the month. That oh, is, yeah. It's like a week left. This the the worst thing about these movies is when I'm trying to organize my year-end rankings. There's like a dozen of these Netflix originals that some that that have to get put in somewhere, and I have to give them a ranking. And I'm just like, oh man, I don't even remember that movie at all. And I just like throw it somewhere randomly in the middle of my list. Yeah, it's just. It's just I just felt like there wasn't really any insight here, you know, into like the human condition or you know, life, anything really. Yeah, I I agree. It it just wasn't maybe it was the the status of the people involved and the location that played a part in it yeah i mean it definitely didn't help like maybe i don't know is that just something like you can you're you can afford to have such a bland life because if they didn't have money they would have all sorts of stuff to deal with but here they have so much money that just you don't do anything you have to invent new problems yeah i don't know (laughs) this <laughs> is so like man it's it's weird because it it's it comes off as like inoffensive but at the same time i find it deeply offensive because yeah, <laughs> i'm just like fuck you get the fuck out of my face yeah same here all right uh that's the land of steady habits it's on netflix i would say probably not not going to yeah. recommend this. Oh, I'm a definite. There's no problem. What are you going to give this out of 10? I give it like a two and a half. I'm sitting at around a four on this one. Uh, all right. That's Land of Steady Habits. Let's move on and talk about a little bit of what we've been watching. Kevin, I think we'll start with you this week. Oh, boy. I watched uh, the movie from earlier this year, Breaking In, Gabrielle Union. Uh-huh. Yeah. The old home invasion 
type deal. Yeah, I was slightly interested in this. This is, I mean, it is what it is. And it's not half bad. Uh, Gabrielle Union is great in her role. Uh, the only thing that kind of really hampers it is, like, the villains. Like, they're just a bit too inept and kind of cartoonish to really make this thing, like, thrilling or exciting. Because they're just, they're kind of ridiculous. And But it does have this this interesting idea that it kind of fails fails that, but it does have this interesting dynamic where they have the Gabriel Union's the one trying to break in and the you know the home invaders are the ones trying to shelter down and and then the, that flips throughout its runtime. It like it, it keeps changing the power dynamics keep changing. Which I mean it's alright. It's not half bad. But there's there's definitely better movies about a home invasion. Okay. Uh, that's breaking in. I've been going through the Universal Monsters box set. So, uh, full disclosure, this was sent to me by Universal. I... I'm sort of planning a review for this one. I don't know how to review a giant box set like this. Yeah. It's, it's 30 movies. Yeah. And it's many, many discs. Some, some of them are doubled up. So like usually, so the way that it, it works is there's um, the, the, like the main character. And then in each of those cases will be all of the movies. And then, like the first disc is always like the first movie and that has all the special features on it. Okay. And there's like this big, this book that comes with it. That's really nice. Like full color book that has all, all the, this really interesting information about all of the, the movies and stuff. So I, my favorite, I think my favorite of the universal monsters is the invisible man. So I started with the invisible man series i only ever saw the very first invisible man so going going through and watching the invisible man returns the invisible woman invisible agent and the invisible man's revenge was it was a treat it was really cool uh, i i enjoy all of these movies the invisible man returns is sort of like a, a like a fugitive story where this this guy is wrongfully convicted of the murder of his brother and he takes the invisible serum to get to try to escape the invisible woman is more of a romantic comedy of course yeah very <laughs> she very couldn't se- be doing it very sexist cool. very sexist like at first i was like oh man this is this is kind of progressive, but then like it definitely devolves into just her being into this man and the man being like, well, I need to see you and, you know, stuff like that. It's just, yeah. it was still pretty fun though. And then the invisible agent, which came out in 1942 is all about world war two. So you have this, uh, us secret agent who takes the, the formula okay. in order to infiltrate the Nazis and steal these plans from the Nazis. Okay. Still, still somewhat of a comedy, but 
it was pretty fun nonetheless. And the Invisible Man's Revenge is sort of going back to the the horror roots of the first film. All pretty good. The transfers on the the movies that I've seen so far have been solid. I did get a note when they sent me the the set that like one of the Creature from the Black Lagoon movies is something something's weird about that Blu-ray uh, because that one one of the entries was in 3D. And something mm. got screwed up with the transfer on that. But the note also said that Universal is offering a free replacement program for that. So you can get the the fixed version for free. Oh, okay. That's cool. O- overall, I would say the box set is pretty solid so far. There's a ton of these movies that I've never seen. I've really yeah. only seen the first in all of these. Like Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy wolfman so i'm i'm really excited to go in and and watch some of the sequels and they also include the abbott and costello movies like abbott and costello meet frankenstein and the invisible man (laughs) and they were kind of fun i watched part of the invisible man one and i watched the frankenstein one which is a little bit misleading because they do meet frankenstein but they but in that one it's mainly Dracula that they're going up against. Yeah. Like Dracula comes back and he awakens Frankenstein's monster and they team up with the Wolfman in that to try to bring down Dracula. Oh, that's a hoot. <laughs> yeah. Abbott and Costello, man. The comedy does not hold up. <laughs> no, it doesn't. The, the comedy from 1948 does not hold up to... 2018 i can tell you that right now some of it's some of it made me slightly like a little little chuckle here and there but by and large yeah a lot of like prat falls and goofy faces and noises yeah it's just it was it is kind of funny to think of how much comedy relied on people getting hurt oh yeah yeah it was all just like people getting hurt and if they were overweight, it made it even better. Like seeing mm-hmm. overweight people falling. <laughs> yes. Just falling on their butts. I will say that the the effects, the special effects work in the Invisible Man movies, they, they held up surprisingly well. I, I think that those effects were still, they're still cool. Like they just use a lot of like camera tricks and like Larry, like they would reshoot. They would do a shot like five times with different things and they would like layer that over top of each other and to create the invisible effect and it still looks really cool gotta love that movie magic that's what's oh all yeah about. oh movie yeah magic. it's all about movie magic <laughs> so i would say early impressions on this universal monsters box set worth probably i would say it's worth picking up but just know that I haven't even scratched the surface on all of the movies in this. Yeah. So, you know, and I might still do a written review at some point. This came out on the 28th, but they didn't have the product ready for press until like two, like three weeks later. So I got it pretty late, too. Wow. Uh, I saw uh, A New Leaf, 1971, directed by Elaine May. Uh, this one is... 
one of the first things that comes to mind is that it was kind of like butchered by the studio, just chopped up, uh, really cut down with the runtime. But you have Walter Matthau, who plays this like super rich playboy, and he just he runs out of money. And he exhausts all of his money and thus exhausts his capital. And then he just he doesn't have anything left. And his you know, his there's a great scene where his uh attorney is trying to explain this to him and Walter Matthau just he can't comprehend it. He doesn't understand. And he just needs this check to be paid, the sixty dollar membership fee. And then once once he finally kind of hits home, there's this ridiculous montage of him driving around in his in his ridiculous car that never runs. It always breaks down on him. It's just him but looking out longingly at like all the rich stuff that he gets to do and he just mutters to himself, "I'm poor." <laughs> he just has such a sad sack look on his face and it's just so what he decides to do is marry rich. He's going to marry this he's going to try and find a rich woman, marry her kill her and then just get all get all of her money and that happens to be elaine may she plays the she's like this beyond naive like klutz this heiress that's just ridiculously wealthy so much money and walter mathal can't stand her absolutely hates her but tries to woo her in like a week because they have to get married in like a week and it's just this great comedy it's really dark because mathal hates everyone and he hates her probably the most out of every person in the world. But yet he's try it's like an anti-romantic comedy because she's completely oblivious. She thinks this is all wonderful and he's a great guy and they're just having fun. But he's trying to kill her the entire time. This sounds amazing. It is so good. And it's it it irritates me and it pisses me off a little bit that you can't see like the her original longer version because I could have watched this for a very long time. One, I love Mathau. I love his character in this. And just the whole idea of it is just so ridiculous. And I just I loved it. He's such an asshole in this movie. He plays such a good curmudgeon. Oh my God. And he does curmudgeon here. I mean he is just a misanthrope just to the core. Maybe this will come out. Maybe Criterion will release this or something and find that original cut. Motherfuckers, find it. Get it. I don't know if that's going to happen, but just hold out hope, I guess. Speaking of specialty Blu-ray purveyors, I saw The Baby, which is coming out on Arrow video this week. This is from 1973. It's directed by Ted Post. What a weird movie this is. So it's about a social worker who gets assigned this family who have a 21-year-old son who is still a baby. Like, he acts like a baby. Supposedly, he has a, like a mental, like a developmental disorder that left him as a baby. So it's, it's a fully grown man who acts like a baby. And okay, yeah, and she quickly hypothesizes that this family that there's nothing wrong with this person, that the family is deliberately 
trying to keep him in this state of arrested development. Yeah. So she spends the bulk of the movie trying to get this, this person, this man whose name is baby. They named him baby. Wow. Trying to get baby away from this sort of depraved family. It's a very strange movie because then you find out that she herself has ulterior motives with this with with baby it sort of plays out i think that it sort of plays out like a more family friendly john waters movie where there's that there's a lot of really weird characters and sort of just oddball sequences in it but none of it is really that i mean it's rated pg it's not really that risque in any way Mm -hmm. there is one sort of disturbing scene where there's a babysitter over taking care of baby and he starts like breastfeeding with the babysitter and she's like really into it and then the family walks in when baby is breastfeeding on the babysitter and they just beat the shit out of her like within an inch of her life Wow. Yeah. Okay. I would recommend checking it out because it's very strange, very bizarre. Okay. Again, it's called The Baby. Wow. You just take a look at the cover and you'll... I and, saw, I, and I've seen that cover numerous times before. Yeah, same here. Finally get to see what this is all about. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I have two that kind of go hand in hand. I got to for the first time watch the uh the films of peter solskin uh, he's a polish director he was productive during the 80s so I, I saw two of them one was the 1981 the war of the worlds next century and then the other one is 1986's gaga glory to the heroes so these are both kind of like small scale sci-fi films and the first one, War of the Worlds, obviously, is she Wells, Orson Wells. And it has the main character, his name is Iron Adim. He he's like this independent TV newscaster personality type. Uh, but it's Poland, so they kind of have a script form that he needs to stick to. And he's essentially telling these people, his countrymen, about the the Martians coming. And what, you know, they're here, they're nice, they're friendly. They just want you to give blood. They want you to be friends with them. And when I say it's small scale, the Martians in this movie are just little people spray painted silver. Mm, Okay. So they're just silver little people. And Mm. you don't really see them all too often. It's more so it kind of deals with like the state apparatus. It has a lot to do with like television being used, you know, propaganda purposes how they manipulate reality so the you know the people of the country don't really know what the martians are up to and he tries to go out of his way to let people know but then they flip it and twist it and make it act like he was the one helping the martians and he's actually the bad guy and all this i mean it's it's great stuff it is so good the other one, Gaga, Glory to the Heroes, that, that was a little bit, it wasn't as good as War of the Worlds, but that one was Prisoners, or 
put on a spaceship. They go to a new planet. Try and find out some stuff. And if you make it back, you make it back. But they never make it back. And uh, this guy, Scope, goes to a new planet. And he gets there and he realizes that they're, they're hailed as heroes. And they get everything. They get all the money they could want. Women. Free food. Free housing. Whatever. And then like in... Forget it. What exactly is like a week or so? There, uh, there's this like huge parade, festivities, and that the the heroes, quote unquote, are impaled on a giant spike that goes through their anus and out their mouth. Oh, Yikes. so yeah. But the thing is, is, the heroes have to commit crimes because they have to be punished. So they're like the whole time they're like. What crimes are you going to do? Like, we're really excited to see what you decide to do. And the guy's just like, he's not interested. He doesn't want to commit any crimes. And that's like the whole society just like gets off because no one commits crime, but they want to punish people and put on a show. So they kind of like get these, these uh, interplanetary explorers to commit some crimes and then they shove a giant spike through them. And I guess they're happy with that. I don't know. This this sounds like one that I, I'm going to have to check out at some point. Also, yeah, and it's 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 kind of wild how like how good sci-fi it is with like almost no budget, really. Like it just happens that '80s Poland is just the perfect backdrop for dystopian sci-fi. <laughs> Which is unfortunate for people that lived in Poland in the 80s. Yeah. I'm covering the New York Film Festival right now. I don't have anything to say about these movies yet. They're on, under embargo, but just stay tuned because I think next week I'll I'll be able to start talking about uh, some of those. I did see another Arrow film. That's The Day of the Jackal from 1973. This is directed by Fred Zinneman. If you saw the 1997 film, The Jackal, that's a remake of this movie. It is about an assassin known as The Jackal who gets hired by this far-right paramilitary group in France to assassinate the president of France. And the whole movie is just following around the jackal as he prepares for this assassination and it's incredibly tense it's very well made i you know i love gearing up scenes in movies you know they get mm-hmm. me they just get they just get me pumped up like they get me excited when i see people gearing up there's that like sort of anticipation like oh man, he's like grabbing these weapons. Are they going to use that? How are they going to use that? What are they going to do? It adds to the buildup of the inevitable sort of crescendo at the Mm -hmm. end of the movie. And this whole movie is just him gearing up. It just follows him as he goes to his various contacts, getting, picking up fake IDs, buying hair dye, wigs, going and getting a special gun made and then going out into the forest and shooting this gun, getting special bullets made, picking up a car and then buying items so that he can disguise the car if he needs to. And it's just, 
so the bulk of the movie is just him doing all of this sort of prep work. And then as it, as it goes on, you see like, Oh, that's why he got a second fake ID in case this would happen. So he's, he's like just this brilliant assassin and he's always one step ahead of the authorities. Like he, he discovers early on that the authorities are on to him. So, mm-hmm. so he's, constantly avoiding them and they're just the whole movie one step ahead like as soon as they find out one thing he's already on to the next thing and he's not a likable character you don't empathize with this character at all he's he's a murderer he he will not hesitate for one moment to murder an innocent person if he thinks that that person could get uh get him caught mm. So he kills a whole bunch of people while, you know, going out and doing these, this, these things in order to carry out this assassination, but it's, uh, it's great. I would highly recommend it. And on the arrow Blu-ray, it's a remaster universal actually remastered it. So it looks really good. And it comes with this booklet. Like most of the arrow releases do. I learned recently that, Usually the booklets only come with the the first pressing of them. So I would suggest if you are in the market for buying some of these Arrow Blu-rays to try to get, get them early because I learned that the later pressings don't include the booklets. What? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, they're only in the first pressing. I guess the subsequent ones don't include the booklet. I don't know if it's all of them, but... I just noticed on their website that it said that the booklet is gives like all these technical details about the transfer and stuff, which was really helpful when I was writing the review, but it also has like these super detailed bits about like the UK TV transmission data. So it like lists all of the times that it was broadcast on TV. It's a really solid release and I I would, Definitely recommend checking out the Day of the Jackal if you get a chance. All right, let's talk about some new releases. This week in theaters, we have Night School. This is the Kevin Hart and uh, Tiffany Haddish one. What do you think about this? This looks okay. Uh, not for me. I I just don't think it looks that funny. Like the trailer didn't. If a trailer for a comedy doesn't make me laugh or at least do a little chortle yeah. at least once, I'm I'm pretty much out. Yeah. I don't mind Kevin Hart. I'm not a huge fan. I I like Tiffany Haddish a lot, but I don't know, this one's just not really doing it for me. I I feel like Kevin Hart's character might be a little bit too much for me in this. Uh, Smallfoot comes out. This is an animated film. It's like Bigfoot, but it's Smallfoot because the human is the one who is the mythical creature in this. Takes place in a land of yetis. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We also have Hellfest coming out. Not to be confused with Bloodfest, which came out a couple weeks ago. Okay. Two horror movies with insanely similar themes do you think that was the crossover because we had for the longest time there everything was blood something and then you have the blood fest 
And now fest. Is that going to be everything's going to end in fest for horror movies? I hope not, but I guess we'll see. Murder fest. Murder fest. Decapitation fest. We'll see how it goes. Hellfest looks better, like the better of the two. Okay. I might give it a look. Semi-interested. It's probably not going to be good, but, you know, it's a horror movie. Coming out coming out near Halloween season, so I'll give it a look. You we have go. the old man and the gun coming out. It's the new David Lowry one. Okay. Supposedly, supposedly Robert Redford's last film before okay. retiring. Yeah. I'm interested in this one as well. Looks pretty good. The director has me worried. I'll be honest. Yeah, you 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 fell off the Lowry truck. That was quick. I hopped on and then I fell off almost immediately. <laughs> it was one movie in. <laughs> and, then, and then it was just downhill from there. It's just, just like, nope, shouldn't have got on this one. Yeah, I'm still I'm still okay with his stuff, I think. I didn't I didn't hate <laughs> You're not sure. You don't even You know. liked uh I thought you liked you didn't you like Pete's Dragon? Pete's Dragon was alright. I guess yeah. That was alright. Alright. But man, Ghost Door. Whew. <laughs> hmm. I didn't I didn't hate that as much as you. Boy. Let's see, moving on, we have Black 47. We also have Summer 03, so two two date-related yeah. <laughs> films here. Summer yeah. 03 and Black 47. Got Free Solo. It's a mountain climbing dock, I believe. Yeah, looks like some, some solo climbing. Free climbing. Got the Padre. The MIA doc. All right. I'm interested in that. Little Women. All about Nina. Joan Jett, bad reputation. So two rock docs okay. coming up. Right. The Healer. I'm not sure what that is. It looks faith-based. It kind of lo- it. That's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, I just reading. So the, the synopsis here says... The Healer is a story about a gambling, womanizing, bankrupt electrical repairman named Alex Bailey, who is traumatized by the death of his twin brother. He accepts and embarks on a life-changing journey as his uncle reveals that he comes from a long-time family of healers with the gift of being able to heal all those who are diseased. What? Don't you think you give that information out pretty early on in life? You would think so. Don't waste waste for the guy to be like, you know, 30 something, throwing his life away to be like, oh, by the way, you can actually heal anyone. It seems like something that they would want to instill in him like very early on. Like, like he he should be preparing his whole life exactly. to be this here. And how do you not just stumble across that information early on anyways? Like are they healing in secret? Exactly. You'd think if your family was a healing a healing family, family of healers, you would know that. You would be growing up in that environment. Yeah. 
Exactly. Or at hmm. very least, you accidentally healed someone, like in middle school or something. Sure. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Everything about this movie is Fuck suspect. And I don't. Tr- I don't trust it. I don't trust this movie. I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, it's bullshit. That's pretty much it for theaters this week. Let's check and see what's on VOD. We got The Song of Sway Lake, Best Friends Volume 1, but the R is in parentheses. So it could be Best Friends, but it's also Best Fiends. Oh, man. So I'm guessing there's some sort of conflict happening there. It's Volume 1. It's listed as Volume 1, so... Got got a couple of these coming up. <laughs> we don't even know. We don't even know. It doesn't hint at how many volumes there's going to be. It'd be funny if it if it, if it was titled like Volume One of Three. Yes. That's <laughs> or a, something. That would at least kind of give you an idea <laughs> of how to plan this out. But I hope it's just one. I hope there isn't any more. So do I. It just stops at volume one. So, so do I. They just they put that there just because just get your hopes up. Like they never planned on volume no. two, they but they just wanted to have the volume one there, just in case, just just for clarity. We have one wild one wild moment. This is the one with uh, I think Vincent Cassell's in it. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't look like my cup of tea. Don't open your eyes. It's a horror movie, and Joan Jet bad reputation. So sort of a weak. Uh, list of VOD titles there yeah. this week. On Blu-ray, we have the Halloween 4K version coming out. the The original 1978 John Carpenter film. Nice. Also, 4K release. We have American Psycho from 2000. Okay. I I actually have this, but I don't have a 4K. <laughs> blu-ray player or 4k tv so oh it's uh kind of useless to me they there is a blu-ray version included but you know i've seen american psycho a million times and all of the like new special features are on the 4k disc and not the blu-ray so oh yeah so you i won't be reviewing that oh (laughs) the rec collection is coming out this is a box set that includes all of the Wreck movies. Okay. So there's there's four of them included. I was a big fan of the Wreck series. I It was one of these... It's a found footage series. Well, one of them is not really found footage, but they were early adopters of the found footage gimmick. But they did it really well. Did you see any of the Wreck movies? No, I was just gonna say that I might, I might give them a look this year. Yeah, I think Wreck Two is my favorite. Okay. Of them, but they're all they're all pretty decent. I think for three and four, because the first two are the uh, two two directors, and three and four, each director split off, and one did three and one did four. Okay. And I think that it was four that was decent, and I think it was three that I didn't like. But one and two are pretty solid. We have Solo, a Star Wars story coming out on Blu-ray. I'd give this a look. It was okay. wasn't amazing or anything, but 
I enjoyed it. The Punisher is getting a 4K release. This is the 2004 one with Thomas Jane. Uh, the Punisher Warzone is also getting a 4K release. That's the one that came out after with uh, Ray Stevenson. That was just fun. That was just ridiculous fun. It's a bad movie, but it's just... You get to see... There's these, like... The Punisher's fighting these parkour thugs. Yeah. So they're, like, you know, crawling around and doing flips off rooftops and stuff. And there's this one scene where one of them goes to jump from one rooftop to another. Yeah. And as he's jumping in between the buildings, you just see Punisher shoot a rocket from a rocket launcher <laughs> and explode him in midair. <laughs> Again, it's not a great movie, but it's just, it's so much fun. Oh, man. That sounds pretty great. Yeah. He destroys people in that movie. Arrow's putting out The Day of the Jackal from 1973. Cool. We'll have a review for this up on the site, uh, either by the time you're listening to this or shortly thereafter. We have The House on Tombstone Hill from 1989 getting a release from Vinegar Syndrome. Vinegar Syndrome is also putting out Body Melt from 1993. You say about body, a, body Melt? Bo- body Melt. Yeah, it's, a, I think it's about a guy who has this like disease where he melts. That sounds incredible. Yeah. Man, that shit it's watch this right now. Body melt. Yeah, I would recommend checking out Body Melt. It's ridiculous. The Swarm from 1978. Warner Archive Collection is releasing that one. Okay. I'm noticing the runtime here is 155 minutes. Oh, for real? <laughs> that seems a little <laughs> over no. overkill. No, 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 Overkill. no, 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 you cannot get enough killer bees into 155 minutes. That's just uh, absurd from 1981. Oh, man, I was just reading about this yesterday. I want to see that one. A priest comes to a small town to help get rid of a monster whose blood coagulates very fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's also called it's also known as Monster Hunter. Hmm. I might have to give this one a look. This sounds. This sounds quite intriguing. Yeah, he like he. There's a guy that's driven insane by church-sanctioned scientific experimentation, but it also causes him to be nearly impossible to kill. He's pursued to America by a priest, where he embarks hmm. on a killing spree. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, I'm definitely into to that absurd. Oh, yeah. Kidding me? Puppet Master The Littlest Reich comes out. See, I, you've been saying that title for like nine months now. Well, it's probably because I covered it at a festival, and then it actually came out, and then it's coming out. Now it's coming out on Blu-ray. Very quick turnaround Yeah, with that movie. That only makes sense for like three episodes, though. I'm pretty sure you've been saying it. Heard that title. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe I talked about it in theaters. Then it got a, then it got a VOD release. Then Blu-ray. Very possible. Festival theater, VOD, Blu-ray, all in like a month. Yeah, definitely feels that way. 
Arrow's putting out The Baby from 1973. I'll have a review for this one up on the site as well. Gotti's coming out. This is the infamous John Travolta one that came out earlier this year. 0% Rotten Tomatoes. And I think there was some funny statistic where it made like $387 its opening weekend or something. It was like... uh. Half part of me wants to give this a look just to see, mm-hmm. you know, just give it a curiosity watch. Uncle Drew comes out. I'll probably check this out. Yeah, I actually want to see this. Izzy gets the fuck across town comes out. This is one that I missed when it came out, but I, I have a mild curiosity in, in this one as well as a comedy. King Cohen, the Larry Cohen documentary. Yeah. Comes out on Blu-ray. I checked. Uh, I got a chance to see this a while back, and it, it's pretty decent. I'm a fan of Larry Cohen, yeah. and uh, I would say if you're a fan of his body of work, then it's it's worth checking out. It's not a very well produced documentary, but it's still fun because it goes through almost his entire filmography, including the TV stuff he did and movies that he just wrote. It, it, dives into those so it's a pretty deep dive into his filmography and lots of interviews with him and he's he's just such a funny guy that's pretty much it what do we have on criterion this week uh we got two criterions uh one is from 1961 and that is a raisin in the sun Mm, classic finally coming out on the criterion blu-ray a whole bunch of special features i mean just non-stop special features i mean they actually do stop but you get my point uh mm. the other one is andre rublev tarkovsky's from 1966 coming out and now this is this is pretty wild because you get the the director's preferred 183 minute cut so you get that you get the original 205 minute version of the film and then you also get his student thesis film his short film on there got like two documentaries new interviews like to see a deleted scenes commentary i i mean so much stuff this sucker's packed I, when was this you you got this <laughs> that's still like my favorite thing hey you guys want to watch after rupa <laughs> Uh, I think that was probably like that's like when I first got Netflix I think that might have been like the third or fourth disc I got from them was it Netflix or was it when Nitchflix was a thing I think it was Netflix pretty sure it was Netflix (laughs) (laughs) I still Uh, haven't seen it neither have I (laughs) We attempted, didn't we? Did, we did. Didn't we gave it a shot, but man, <laughs> there's a very specific mute you need to be in. Yeah. To watch Andre Rublev. And I, to be quite honest, I don't know if I'm ever going to be in it. Yeah, same here. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.